0: Here's Pastor Scott. Let's focus this morning on the Word of the Lord. Do you believe God is real? Do you believe His book is great? In Psalm 100, verse 4, the Bible says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, The Sacrifice of Thanksgiving. Pray with me. God, thank you for being a sacrifice for us. God, I pray That now, as we look to your word, that you'd anoint me to say only those things that would honor you, God. I pray that you would give me the words to say to your people and give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. We rejoice in you today. We are thankful for you today. We thank you for this time as we look to your word now. We ask your spirit to be our teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. I I I listen to songs differently than most. If you've been around me for a while, you've probably heard how I listen to songs or or you've witnessed it. I don't listen to the radio riding down the street. You do you, I'll do me. I I don't have to have noise in my head all the time. I want to think and talk to God when when I'm in my vehicle uh, and and decompress and and download what God is doing in, in my life and in the earth. But when I listen to music... I put music on an hour. I listen to one song for an hour at a time, and then I listen to another song. And one of the songs on my list of of songs that I listen to is a song that says, Bow Down and Worship Him. It, It talks about entering in. And this morning, I want us to understand that the proper way to enter into God's presence is by giving thanks to Him. Listen to our opening verse, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, comma. Always pause on the punctuation. It's there to help you understand the scripture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now let's pretend like we're in Wednesday night Bible study, which I'd love to see some of y'all come to. Listen, I'm especially going to need some people of color to show up on Wednesday night. Okay, I'm going to need y'all. I, 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 when we started this church 19 years ago, we started with a mandate from God to be multiracial. We are in violation on Wednesday night. Uh, Bliss came in late. I thought, praise the Lord. One little sprinkle of pepper in the whole building. True or false? And you know me, I'm going to let her know. I stopped the teaching. Glad you came, Bliss. You're the only black person in the room. White people get tense when I say black people. They know they're black. They've been black for a minute. <laughs> Wednesday night Bible study is awesome. I looked around, and, 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 and it was it, I was looking around, and I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm not pastoring no all-white church, y'all. y'all who's running folk off? And you know it was Thanksgiving, uh, and you know somebody was home cooking collards or mustards. I don't know what was happening, uh, but yeah, <laughs> John's like that's what it was. Terry's like I had a turkey in. I, okay, I got you. Uh, I know y'all will be here on Wednesday night. Y'all, y'all the faithful. Uh, y'all, y'all keep the diversity going. But on Wednesday night, we have a great time. It's open to everybody. Listen, don't get tense on me. I got something to say today, and I need you to receive from the Lord. That's why I'm trying to get you to smile. I believe that God loves all people of all colors, and I thank God that we got a multiracial church, and I want us to keep being that way. But on Wednesday night, we take and slow it down and break it down. If we were going to go with a Wednesday night approach, I, I would stop right here and, and look at this first phrase because I want you to learn how to take the Bible in phrases, in small phrases, bite-sized pieces, digest it, get it down in your spirit. This phrase says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And then we have a comma, so we can pause and we can chew on that phrase, enter into his gates. Who, whose, whose gates are these? God's gates. This is his capital H this is enter into God's gates with what? Okay, now if the Bible says enter into his gates with thanksgiving, what do you think happens to people that show up at the gate with no thanksgiving? Hmm. No entrada. Did I make that up? I made that up. How you say you can't come in? Know who? She's saying try or tray? Try? Intra? I like no entrada. Trada. Trada. No tray. No entrada. No entrada. If you don't show up with thanksgiving, let me say it how I feel it. You ain't getting in. Some of y'all wonder why God feels so far from you. Some of y'all wonder why God is not showing up in your house, on your job, in your relationships. No thanksgiving. And I want to tell you this. If you don't hear anything else, catch this. If you're not thankful, you can't get close to him. There's a process to the approach. This is why God spent so much time in the Old Testament showing us the tabernacle, the, the outer courts, the inner courts, the brazen labor, everything plays a part. There's a process to the approach to a holy God, and, and we enter into his gates. You ain't even got in, into his main section yet. Just to get on the property, you got to have something. Well, we ought to, I, I saw, uh, you weren't in prayer today, but when I came out, I saw you walking. Were you walking around in the parking lot? Okay, I, I, saw, I just saw you from the back, but, you know, uh, so I figured it was you. Uh, <laughs> and, and I thought, man, what, what if we just had our, our parking lot people uh, stop people as they pulled in and say, just uh, give us two quick uh, things you're thankful for to a holy God. Y- do you know what some people would say? Man, bump y'all. I'm going to the Baptist church. Give you no thanksgiving right now. But we can't really even be effective in this room right now with unthankful people. Oh, if I had my thank-o meter, I'd put it on everybody's neck. I'd start with Mr. C. Uh, now I know he's thankful, he's an encourager. you thankful, ain't you, Mr. C? Every day. Uh, he, he'd he'd spy, spike up on it. But when I got to you and it measured you for thankful, are you thankful today? Are you, so you can't enter in. If you're not, he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Oh, you're getting closer. You're getting closer. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, when I teach Bible study methodology, I have a Bible study journal that I've given to people to help them study verse by verse and learn as they go. But one of the things I teach people to look for, I I teach people to look for certain things. There are two of them in this last sentence. Somebody tell me what that thing you're supposed to look for when you do your Bible study journal is. Commands. Be thankful to him. That's a command. Bless his name. That's a command. Command. If you want favor with God, then you got to do what God said. That's the problem I have with a whole church full of people just, you know, all by rote, just holding up a Bible saying, This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. And every time I see people do that, I'm thinking, False, false, and false. Because everybody in the room is not what they think it says they are. Everybody in the room doesn't have what they say they can have, and everybody in the room isn't being all that they say it can be. But if you want to be blessed by God, he said, I put before you a choice to obey or to disobey. And I want you to think about this verse that has been preached millions and millions of times throughout the centuries, this verse for enter into his gates with thanksgiving. If you want to get closer to God... You got to go with thanksgiving. If you want to get real close to God, you got to go with praise. And if you want favor with God, you got to, you got to be thankful to Him and bless His holy name. The Bible tells us that God gives the Holy Ghost without measure to those who obey Him. You want a greater anointing? You want a greater closeness to God? Get your obedience up and begin to do what the Word says in verse five. Uh, uh, well, let's hold off on verse five. Uh, think about what we just went through this week. We just celebrated a holiday called what? Now, in spite of all the politicians telling us we can't gather with family, it's so funny. I normally travel on Thanksgiving week. I chose not to travel uh, this year. Um, but Seth and I knew where we were going to eat because we, we always eat the same place on Thanksgiving because they throw down Cracker Barrel. Now, we got to the Cracker Barrel in Orange Park, and they told us it was an hour and a half wait. And some of y'all are like, I don't need a Cracker Barrel because it's racist. Uh, you should have told that to the 700 black people that was in line in front of me at the Orange Park Cracker Barrel on Thursday. <laughs> they told me an hour and a half. Uh, uh, we found one that had no wait off Bonneville Road tucked up behind some hotels, uh, and we went and ate over there, and... Um, it's is wild they have the little dots on the floor as you move through six feet apart, six feet apart they they set us in every table in the whole restaurant field i could li- I could elbow the person in the table next to us just like that. little news tip uh, uh, i i 'm not minute bowl that 's not six feet my, my my half my wingspan is not six feet, but we we went into. A uh, Cracker Barrel place was jam-packed. I don't know what your Thanksgiving meal looked like, but here's what I hope. I hope there was some giving of thanks there. I hope there was some giving of thanks there. Uh, many, many people, most people in our country celebrated Thanksgiving this week. And, and the sad truth is some did so with no thought of God. No thought of God. God didn't come up. There was no let's talk about what we're thankful for, speeches given. Uh, For for some, it's just about football, food, and family. And listen, nothing wrong with football, nothing wrong with food, nothing wrong with family. But how are we going to have a holiday in America called Thanksgiving, which outside of church and the Bible and that one day of the year is a word you never use in your vocabulary at all? Well, Mother, I was just engaging in the process of Thanksgiving in my bathroom as I was cleaning out uh, my closet No, people don't speak like that. It is a Bible word. It is a Christian concept. It is a theological ideology and practice, but many people do it with no thought of God at all. Let me just read to you. Uh, and one day I'm going to give up on Wikipedia. They're just so easy to they, this first thing Google brings up. Let me remind all y'all, Marcus, don't you you can't use Wikipedia as you know that, right? You, you, they they will throw you out of college if you try to use Wikipedia as a reference. You can't use that as one when, when they want nine books. Inside your paper, uh, you, Wikipedia can't be one of them. You can't even footnote it because they're like, it's it's not reputable, uh, but some stuff is true. I'll read it to you right out word for word. Thanksgiving is a harvest festival, traditionally a time to give thanks for the harvest and express gratitude in general. Listen, although, this is right out, of, right out of the internet, although Thanksgiving has historical roots in religious and cultural traditions, it has long been celebrated in America in a much more secular fashion. Hmm. Uh, I, I read one source this week that said, while perhaps religious in origin, Thanksgiving is now primarily identified as a secular holiday. And you can't help but for it to be a secular holiday in a secular country because it doesn't matter to me uh, whether or not you love our former president and he was your president no matter what you think about President uh, Obama. Uh, president Obama told the truth when he said America is no longer a Christian nation. And everybody got all up in arms about that. All these evangelicals wanted to freak out and cuss Obama for the, telling the truth. He followed that up, YouTube, but you can Google it. It's on YouTube. He said, America is a nation of Christians and Muslims and Hindus and and atheists and pagans. Is that right or wrong? Now, you want to hide in your bubble and and, and think that, you know, we're we're all Christians in America. Uh, Have you driven down Blanding Boulevard? 103rd? Mm. Hmm, it's not surprising it's secular because our country has become more and more secular. Let me keep reading. The pilgrims set ground at Plymouth Rock on December 11th, 1620. Their first winter was devastating. At the beginning of the following fall, they had lost 46 of the original 102 who sailed on the Mayflower. Check that out. 102 people sailed over to this country. 46 of them died in the first year. Man, that must have been rough on them, on the remainders. But the harvest of 1621 was a great one, and the remaining pilgrims decided to celebrate with a feast, including 91 Indians who helped the pilgrims survive their first year. And so that's the that's the backdrop of why we have Thanksgiving. In this country. Now, obviously, it's become a secularized holiday. Obviously, Black Friday is much more popular uh, than than Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving. Obviously, Cyber Monday more popular than Thursday, Thanksgiving. But let me say something to all the easily led by their emotions. Because I hear you in my spirit. Uh Uh-huh. Them colonizers sat down with them Indians while they were stealing their land. That's what America is. Let me tell you something. uh, And and it doesn't matter how many statues people tear down or how many books they rewrite and how much they try to change history. Um, America has good and bad history, and America is more than stealing land from Indians. Mm, Can't nobody say amen to that. I'll I'll help you out even further. Mm, you, you You know them slaves wouldn't eat no turkey on Thanksgiving. Because America is evil and founded in slavery. I read this this week. Do you know, uh, I I, I just need to know, well, I ain't going to ask. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Plus, I don't want you to lie on your transcript. But over 70% of college seniors nationally said that America invented slavery and is solely responsible for slavery. This is what our college seniors believe. Uh, If you study, you will find out that before Christ, Africa was selling slaves to the Portuguese. If you study all through the history of today, you can do a cursory Google search of are there slaves in the world today, and you'll find out over half the countries in existence still have slaves today. They had an open slave market in Libya not too long ago that was televised where they were selling slaves in Libya. So don't don't, don't get your mind all hating on America because, listen, America has a good part of its history and a bad part of its history. Can anybody say amen? Everybody does. Everybody does. But the reality is this Thanksgiving meal was set because of this background, and that's why we have it today. Here's the sad reality, and I'll leave off this and get back to the Scripture. This blew my mind when I read it this morning. There are more slaves in the world today. There are more than four times as many slaves in the world today than at the height of the transatlantic slave uh, movement 400 years ago. Is, that, is that, that's, that's sad and that's sick. And we need to pray for our world, amen? We need to pray for our world because there are people still, uh, there are 98 countries that have no laws against slavery. So before you go hating wholeheartedly on America and letting people talk to you uh, about a country that fought with itself to put an end to slavery, uh, realize that there are 98 out of 220 countries on this planet that, that, that still allow slavery and don't have one law against it. Let me tell you, everything I said doesn't change the fact. If you've got leftover turkey in your refrigerator, it's still there. And if you don't, you don't. So we need to be concerned with today. Amen. Let's get Let's get to it. Uh, as, as pastor of one of the uh, of the Lord's church, one of the comments I hear more than anything, and we talked about this Wednesday night in Bible study is people telling me they want to know God's will for their life. Pastor, I just I pray for me, Pastor. I just want to know the Lord's will for my life. I just want to know what God's will for me is. I'm struggling right now and I just, people are asking me to help them find God's will for their life as if God has hidden his will under a bush somewhere. Listen to what the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5:18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Look at it. It, Everything. Give thanks. Pause on that. How much should we give thanks for? Give thanks for everything. What about the things we we don't agree with? What should we do with that? What about when the preacher says stuff you don't like? What should we do with that? What about when life doesn't go the way you want it to? What should we do with that? What about when we're in a pandemic and and, and they're shutting down the restaurants early and I can't get there on time because I took a long nap in the afternoon? What should we do? Got to give thanks. Hey, the struggle is real. How many times have we been riding around looking for a place open after 10? (laughs) Don't tell your school teacher. Hallelujah. In everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I want you to get this this morning. You want to know what God's will for you is? Says it right there, this is not my thought, this is not my idea, this is not my own personal opinion. This is the revealed, written, perfect, inspired, infallible, inerrant, holy word of God that says God's will for us is to give thanks in everything. So let me ask you this, are you thankful this morning? I mean, really down to your bones, well, let me just back it up. Don't say this out loud. Don't answer this out loud. Did you spend a large amount of time this morning before you left your bedroom just telling God over and over and over and over how thankful you are for Him? Did you just have you a thank you Jesus party at your house before you got out? of? Did you wake up this morning and first words out of your mouth be, thank you God for giving me breath one more time? I'm talking about real thanksgiving. I believe the reason... Uh, so many people are not truly thankful is because they spend way too much time thinking on what they don't have, being upset over what they don't have, than being thankful for what they do have. And I'm going to tell you something. Greed will be your spiritual killer. Bitterness will be your spiritual killer. Envy will be, well, I just don't think, I I had somebody uh, put, put online, they don't think it's right that some people have billions while other people have nothing. I, 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 shot, I shot him a messenger. I, I said, do you have $20? He said, yes. I said, is it right for you to have $20 when others have nothing? Oh, he didn't like that. That, that, that. The length of that conversation did not go well because, well, I worked for my 20. Oh, I guess Bill Gates didn't work for his. Come on, use some common sense. Uh, But people are upset. I I just think they ought to give it away. The Bible says if you don't work, you ought not to eat. Don't be one of these freeloading, government-dependent folk waiting on the government. Let me tell you something. If they pay off all y'all student loans, I'm going to burn the whole country down. They didn't pay off none of my college debt, not a penny of it. And there's other people in this room that paid their way through college. Some of y'all sitting back waiting on them to pay off your college debt on a student loan that you signed your name to. Nobody put a noose around your neck and made you sign it. You said, I'll take it and I'll pay it back. Because here's the reality. Just a little side note. People don't take student loans to pay for tuition. They take student loans to pay for pizza. Pizza. People don't take student loans mostly to pay for tuition. They take student loans to get their swag right so they can walk into school like a fashion statement. Oh, y'all don't want to believe me. Research what student loan money is spent on. People don't primarily take student loans to pay for tuition. They primarily take for student loans to pay for their car insurance. Well, I just think the government should get everybody free, college Free health care, a free Mercedes, a free job where we sit at home and don't work. All these things are, listen, there's three cities in America right now where, where they are experimenting with a living stipend. Do you know what you got to do to qualify to get that? Just breathe. Government going to send you a check. Listen, it's called control. It's called control. They want to appease you with scraps so you don't go out there and work for your whole piece of your pie. Mm, everybody's quiet this morning. Your, your greed, your desire, your anger at what others have that you don't have prevents you from being thankful. You can't be thankful. You can't step into God's presence thinking, mm, it just ain't right. It just ain't right. Mr. C., uh, uh. Missy C. Miss, got a pension coming. He owned own business. He working a second, third career. Got, got a nice life. Driving good. Dressing good. Got, a, got, got jewelry on it. Just How do he sleep at night? <laughs> did you work for it? Did you step on people's neck and take it or did you work for it? Hallelujah. You can't, if you're one of these people just always upset about what others have and, 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 and what you don't have, you will have your thanks crushed out. Listen, be thankful for what you have. And if you want more, go get it. Mm, that, that show, that one show, I, 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 I think it was in Living Color. Oh. Uh, where, where they had that Jamaican family. How many of y'all remember that? 13 jobs. are like, my four-year-old has nine jobs. What are you doing, man? They were going to go get it. Listen, be thankful for what you have and, and go out. And find something you're passionate about and find a way to make money at it and, and get it. But don't be one of these people always sitting around mad about what you don't have because that's a trap of the devil. Don't be mad about your, your, your politician didn't win the election. God is on the throne. I told you all that when Donald Trump won. I told you all that when Barack Obama won. I told you all that when Clinton and the Bushes won. God is in control of all this stuff. Stop being mad about stuff that doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter who the president is. i say it to you again. If you got turkey left over in your refrigerator right now, it's there no matter who's in the White House. Be thankful for what you got. Listen to Psalm 118, 29. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Now, that's a command, but there's a reason following it. Many times when the Bible uses the word for, sometimes you can gain greater clarity by inserting the word because. And here's one of those times. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. With that concept in mind, give thanks to the Lord because he is good, why should we give thanks to the Lord? Because he's good. If you don't think that God is good, you will not thank him the way you should. It goes on to say, and his mercies endure forever. God commands us to give thanks. We need to live life with this understanding. God is good. Now that swept through the church, and many of us are old enough to remember it. For those of y'all that aren't, watch this. Watch how easy church folk are to program. God is good. And all the time. How I many of y'all like, I never heard that in my whole life. Y'all don't want to raise y'all's hands. Hallelujah. You're like, I'm Baptist. I don't raise my hands. Giving in with all you charismatic people. That swept the Christian world because pastors were trying to get people to remember that God is good. But just reciting that while being bitter and angry doesn't mean you believe it. Just quoting that without living it as a lifestyle doesn't mean you believe it. I want you to reframe your thinking today. And when you think about God, I want you to think he's a good God. I want you to think about his goodness. I believe it's another reason why people struggle with, with Thanksgiving because they don't, they don't realize and they don't keep in the forefront of their mind how good God has been to them. I, I know people personally have told me they feel like God has shortchanged them. They feel like God has been not good enough to them because somebody else got more than they did. I've known people that have been upset because they felt like God didn't give them what they deserve. Now, see, I'm the wrong kind of preacher to say that, too. Because I've read the book hundreds of times, and, and I can tell you that with all of us sitting in this room with, with some measure of air blowing, don't tell the sweat on my back, but with, with all of us sitting in this room and being in this room, uh, you, God has given you better than you deserve because if we had right now what we deserve, we'd all be outcast in the devil's hell for our sin. But there are people that believe that. I've had people tell me, well, I'm just mad at God. And so I just tell them, oh, he did you wrong? Shortchanged you, did he? Wasn't good enough to you? You were so good to him and he was bad to you. That's how it that went down? You, 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 you did more for God than God did for you? And, and then they start staring at the floor. People need to elevate their thought about the goodness of God, or we have no hope at being a thankful people in an unthankful world. But I want to tell you something. God has been good to us. And I want you to rehearse that in your mind every day. When you feel feel negative, I want you to rehearse in your mind, God's been good to me. When, When you feel disappointed, I want you to remind yourself, God has been good to me. When, when, you, when you feel hurt, sick, lonely, rejected, outcast, struggling in your mind, when you feel abandoned, when, when you feel like things aren't working out, I, st- I just want you to remind yourself God has been good to me. I, I, I know in my own life, I, I could tell you some really sad stories, and I've been through a lot of hardship in my life, but through it all, God's still been good to me. He's been better to me than I've been to Him, he, He's been better to me than I've been to Him, and He's going to continue to do that. God has, has, has given me so much. Listen, it makes me want to give something back to him. You, you ever realize how good God's been to you and just think, I, I, I want to do something to show my appreciation? Here, here's the issue, though. What do you give to somebody who's got everything? What do you give to somebody who has need of nothing? What do you give to somebody who created everything with his own mouth? What, how, how do you shop For somebody like that, what do you give to somebody who's not going to ask you for anything uh, that you you can go out and buy? What what do you give to somebody who's hard to shop for? Listen, some of y'all have been around for a long time. You ought to know the answer to this. I've taught you this with your family members, and I've taught you this about God. What do you give to somebody that you love? You give them what they want. You give them what they want. Listen, if your wife wants some jewelry for her birthday and you give her a treadmill because she put on a few pounds this year, I'm not going to do your your marriage counseling. I've been around enough fools in my life. You give them what they want. Listen to Hebrews 13:15 as God declares what he wants. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now that lowercase h should be uppercase. It's talking about by, by Jesus, we can offer a sacrifice of praise to God. What, what is a sacrifice of If I asked you, if I came to you right now and said, do you believe you should praise the Lord? You would say, yes. If I said, how do you praise the Lord, you you might struggle. Uh, There's lots of different ways the Bible teaches that we can praise the Lord. And right here, there is one. It is this sacrifice of praise to God. Well, what is the sacrifice? We bring the sacrifice of praise. What is the sacrifice of praise? It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Here it is. You ready? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We just talked about the triune God last week. We understand that God is Father, God is Son, God is the Holy Spirit. We need to walk around. You need to have thank you, God, on your mouth, not oh, God. I hear people say that, and I'm like, don't, don't say that. That's ugly. God don't like ugly. Don't, 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 don't say that. Don't, don't have oh, God, in your mouth. Have thank you, God, in your mouth. I... I'm asking you, as the pastor of this church, to begin to openly declare more inside this building. Thank you, Jesus. I want to hear that from this congregation every time we have church. I want to hear somebody that loves God enough to say thank you, Jesus during the singing, during the preaching, during the invitation, when you put money in the bucket, when you just sit there and you catch the Holy Spirit and you just say, thank you, Jesus. We need a greater level of this sacrifice that God is looking for, this gift that God wants for us is saying thanks to his name. I wonder when the last time you truly out of your heart just said, thank you, God. I do it out of routine sometimes. i am be honest with you. I've been doing this a long time, and I, I have my own personal routine that I go through to spend time with God, and a lot of it involves thanking God. But I, I, I can tell you, this is just me. I'm out myself a little bit. Uh, some, some of y'all have been watching me for a long time. Some of y'all can tell uh, what I'm doing with this handkerchief. Some of y'all still had not figured it out. Um, it's not here to blow my nose. Uh, but I I, I will out myself on on one level of my routine because it can become routine just to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Uh, Most of the time when I'm really overwhelmed, and if you've never been overwhelmed, you need to get there. If you've never been close enough to God to be overwhelmed with his presence, you need to get there. But most of the time when I'm overwhelmed uh, to to the point of emotion breaking through, um, I just say thank you, sir nobody ever taught me to do that. Nobody ever asked me to do that. But but just just in a great awareness of how big he is and how good he is, I just, I want to tell him thank you more often. And I wonder if you would make not just Thanksgiving holiday, not just December a month of Thanksgiving, but I wonder if you'd make the course of your life to let your mouth say thank you to God because he's good. psalm 107:21. the psalmist said oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing the sacrifice of thanksgiving this is what god wants well i love the lord how do you show it He's asking for a sacrifice. He's not asking you to cut your wrist and bleed out on an altar. He's not asking you to bring two pigeons to church. He's asking you to give him thanks. And I just wish that you would begin to give him thanks. When's the last time you just openly declared to somebody the good things that God has done for you? Well, it's 2020. What i am going to say good? God is still good. Well, we're in a pandemic, and my job ain't right. God is still good. Well, my blah, 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 blah. But God, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, do you understand what I'm saying? God is so good. We need to recognize it more often. True love is sacrificial. Stop saying you love God without putting any feet to that god put feet to it god gave himself as a sacrifice for us and he tells us to give him a sacrifice of saying thanks in psalm 116 17 the psalmist said i will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the lord what do you give to somebody who's got everything you give them what they want You give them a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Do you realize every time you, in sincerity, open your mouth and you say, thank you, God, God says, cha-ching, I just got something from somebody I love. Now, now, now here's the thing. God is even smarter than mama, amen? Sometimes mama is hard to fool. Let me just pick on this little trio right here real quick. Do you know she knows when y'all are conning her? Do like this. Do you know? She knows. Uh, so if they tell you, thank you, Mommy, for working so hard to make sure we have food uh, on, on our plate and for giving us a house to live in and, and, and clothes on, can, can, can you tell if they're working you or if they really mean it? What, what do you want? They're, 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 they're working at that point. Listen, God knows when you're conning Him. But if they ever tell you just in their heart, Thank you, I love you. Feels like something, doesn't it? Uh, uh, you know, uh, some of y'all want to understand this, some of you will. Uh, when, when a child tells a father that, it makes them feel a certain kind of way. It makes God feel a certain kind of way when his children say thank you and they mean it. Not angling, not scrambling, not running a hustle con on God. Just, just realizing who he is and saying, thank you, God. You are so awesome. I want to give you what I believe to be the big difference between thankful and unthankful living. David said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his I think the number one reason why some true Christians are positive while others are negative is because some choose to remember God's benefits while others choose to forget. Everybody in this room that's saved has enough to be thankful about on God that you should be able to shout thank you to him until your dying breath. If he never did another thing for you, pass Calvary. You ought to have enough just to thank him over. If you never get a better job, if your back never stops hurting, if people never stop acting crazy, you just ought to realize you know what? God is still God, and I am, I, I, He, He's blessed me. Remember his benefits, the Bible says. So, so, I want to help you to remember some of his benefits this morning because if you forget his benefits, then you're not going to be thankful. And I want you to know there are benefits to Christianity. We're not just here to type time on Sunday, there are benefits to christianity and we need to remember them in romans 6 23 the bible says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through christ jesus our lord i want you to know salvation is a benefit of believing in god salvation's a gift he gave us he didn't make you hang on the cross he did it for us and there is a benefit in christianity listen that's the big payoff Eternal life. And, he, and here's the reality for me. I'm an old man. I'm 57 years old, and I've been through a lot of life, and, and I, I've, I've had good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days. And I, I can honestly tell you, uh, I, I don't need God to do another thing for me. I don't need anything else. God, God has proven himself to me enough times to where if I don't get anything else in my life, God is always going to be on the plus side, and I'm always going to be on the minus side. Because the big payoff is Christianity, or, or is, is, is salvation in Christianity. The big payoff is eternal life. But it's, that's not all there is. I, it'd be enough for me if that's all there was. If, if the option was, choose Christ and go to heaven when you die and live horrible on this earth forever, uh, I'd still choose Christ. Because eternity is longer than life on this earth. But that's not the choice. It's choose Christ, have eternity in heaven forever, plus have benefits in this life. First Timothy 6.6 6 says godliness with contentment is great gain. If we remember all that God has done for us, then we will be content and then we can have great gain. There are people in this room that live holy but don't have great gain. There are people in this room that love God but don't have great gain, and they wonder, why can't I get ahead? Why? Where is my gain? You're not content. And you're not content because you think you deserve more than you have. But the only more that we deserve is more bad stuff, not more good stuff, because we got a boatload of good stuff just by waking up this morning. Uh, if we remember everything God's done for us, not only will we be thankful, but we'll be content, and then we can have great gain. Think about new Christians. Think about people who are just recently saved. We, we call them on fire for God. You ever been on fire for God? You ever been fired up for God? Uh, the, the, the reason why they're so excited about being a Christian is because they haven't forgotten the experience yet. They haven't forgotten. What it felt like from wearing the weight of their sin on their shoulders to being free and clean before a holy God. They haven't gotten so tied down in life yet that they got far from remembering God saved me. I was on my way to hell, sure enough, but God set my feet on a solid rock. He planted me in the family of God. We forget that. We lose that joy. Listen to me. If you're newly saved, uh, be careful who you hang around. They, they don't like your fire. Your excitement makes them look dull. Your excitement makes them look out. Your fire makes them look Cold, but but new Christians, all oh, they think about. Oh man, new Christians. I I remember when I first got saved, July fifteenth, nineteen eighty one, and I went to church every single day. We had church every single day in my church, and I loved it. It's all I want to do so much to the point that little short woman right there, sitting in between my sister and my son, uh, called the church, Hillcrest Baptist Church. Called them on the phone and asked them, who who are these people that are brainwashing their son? Nobody goes to church every day. I did, and I loved it. And and then my sister watched how I was living. She got saved. She started going to church every day. And then my mom was really bent. And then my mom got saved, and she started going to church every day, and she loved it. And some of y'all can remember when you got saved and loved it. What What happened? What happened? What happened? Let your fire go out because you stop thinking about how great God is and how He's giving you more than you deserve. And if if we'll just begin to think. Be thankful to God. If we do that every day in our lives, uh, we'll come to a place that the Bible calls perfect peace. And, oh, I want this in my life. I want it in your life. I, I want I want this peace that the Bible talks about. Uh, in Isaiah 26, 3, the Bible says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God promises to keep your mind in perfect peace if you keep your mind on Him. Most people think more about where they're going to eat today than they think about God. Most people think more about their sports team or their recipe or their house chores than they think about God. And you can't have the kind of peace that God says passes all understanding until you fully trust in Him and let your mind be stayed on Him. Psalm 6930 says, I will praise God's name with singing. I will honor Him with thanksgiving. I, I, I'm going to close with this. Get alone with God every day and tell Him thank you for something and sing a song to Him. Start opening up your mouth and being thankful. Start opening up your mouth and being thankful to God. I had so much to be thankful about, so mu- I had so many things. I'm th- I'm thankful for salvation because God didn't have to save me, and I remember how I was lost. I-, I remember the change that God made in my life, and I I have not been a perfect man since then, but God has been a perfect God all the time. I- I- I'm not just <laughs> thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for this old book right here. I'm thankful for God's holy word. I love this book. And I hope that you'll begin to love reading the Word of God because it's not until you get into this book that this book will get into you. And some of you used to read more Bible than you do now and you need to repent and you need to beg God to forgive you for taking your eyes off His book and you need to get your nose back in this book and you need to let God talk to you and let Him remind you how good He is. Let Him remind you how much love He has for you. Church is good, but getting along with God is better. Oh, I'm thankful for this book. I love God's Word. I'm thankful for salvation. I'm thankful for the Bible. I'm thankful for this church. Oh, this church has tried me harder than anything in my life. Put me through more pain. Put me through more misery. Worked my nerve harder than anything in life. But it's also been the greatest place I could possibly be. And I thank God for allowing me to do something that most people will never do i've pastored this church every single day for over 19 years and i'm thankful for that it's so funny i was telling somebody the other day there have been so many people that have lied on scott becker said that he did this that and the other thing that he didn't do trying to get folk to quit abundant life and i told him i tell them all this i told all these people this you don't have to make up lies on me. I can tell you true stuff uh, that, 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 that you know, you can you tell on me that could get me fired. If your goal is to get me fired, I, I, I ain't been a perfect man. But I started this church telling y'all, we're not going to put a preacher on a pedestal like he's perfect. We're going to put Jesus on a pedestal because he alone is worthy to be worshipped. Uh, none of us have to be at this church, but I'm glad we are. See, it was at this church some of you got saved. It was at this church, some of you got baptized. It was at this church, some of you started learning more about the Bible than you ever learned before, and you finally began to understand God's word. It was at this church you met some of your Christian friends. It was at this church that God refreshed you and encouraged you. I, I'm thankful. I, I remember. I remember where we we were. Now, mom, mom was there before Dean and Scott. Retired and came back from Iowa out of the Navy, and uh, we used to have those old pews when we started, uh, and and we'd sit down in them, and they were so old, and it was it was listen, I ain't saying everybody in Middleburg's dirty, but it was in the Clay Hill section of Middleburg, and the 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 backs of these wooden pews had black all across the top where people would hold their hands on, and when you'd go to stand up, you couldn't just stand up, or your shirt'd choke you up in the neck. You had to do this. And this, you know what I'm doing when I did this? I'm unsticking my shirt from the goo. You remember, Mama, we were on our hands and knees in that bathroom worshiping God, scrubbing out the the, the peace stains for men who can't stand close enough. You remember that day we were in there on our hands and knees scrubbing them peace stains out from under the urinal? Listen, I'm thankful for, for where I remember where we started. I remember when we started this church. Uh, with, with, with me, my wife who's gone on to the Lord, my, my oldest son in her belly and my youngest son yet to come around. I remember 16 people. Then I remember 60 people. Then I remember 100 people. And I remember, and, and, and some of y'all were there. Some of y'all, I remember on College Drive having three services on Sunday morning, preaching myself sick. Then I remember being in the big church on Blanding Boulevard with a thousand seats in the sanctuary. And some of y'all were there. I remember when we went from 16 to 100 to 200 to 400. I remember when we were run had 600 people on a Sunday. And I'm thankful for everything. I have people ask me, do you miss the big church? I just laugh and start praising God and throwing money on the altar. I'm more excited about God right now than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm more thankful for God right now than I've ever been in my whole life. We're doing more ministry out of this church than we've ever done in 19 years. We're a bigger blessing to our community than we've ever been. And I am thankful for this church and everybody who chooses to come to this church listen we got a lot of things we still need to fix up around here we're gonna build a building we're gonna break ground in December uh on on this parking lot over here listen God is moving we we got some people that said that they wanted to help us with with some blueprints with some drawings but they said we got to come up with a church survey first so we put Elder Jimmy on researching uh you spent some time downtown didn't you going to government building because it was going to cost us about $5,000 that we don't have to get a church survey. So he's going through the records looking. Dina goes through the records looking. They they, they, they finally called me, get me in on the scene. And 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 I, I called uh, the, the person that sold us the building and they said, oh, we can send you one. So after wondering where we were going to get $5,000 to pay for a survey so we could start building this building, after Elder Jimmy spent it all day downtown in every government building that might have a survey, we got a copy of our survey this month and saved ourselves $5,000 so we could start breaking ground on this property next door. God is on the move. I remember where I came from. And I know what God has done for me. I'm thankful for what God's doing still. I'm thankful that He's not just the God of a second chance. Listen, if you've blown it, I got great news for you today. He's the God of a new chance. He said, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Everybody in this room is only one prayer away from being perfectly right with God. If you're here and you need salvation, ask him, he'll save you. If you're here and you need forgiveness, ask him. And He will do it. I'm thankful. That our God is kind, he's patient, he's loving, he's merciful, he's gracious, he's slow to anger, and he's ready to pardon. He loves his children, and he's married to the backslider. He never gave up on us, and he's not going to give up on us. You can run from God, but God will chase you down. You can try to avoid God, but you'll find out he's everywhere that you look, and even when you're not looking, he's still going to be right there. I love the God of this book, and I want you to start being thankful to him first you got to be thankful for his son's death on the cross get saved if you're here and you're not saved ask God to save you he'll do it if you're here and you are saved I just want you to go into a time of thanking him and growing as a Christian we're talking about the sacrifice of thanksgiving hear me good it's what God wants it's what he wants will you give him what he wants it's what he wants he wants you to love him, and he wants you to tell him thank you. He wants you to love him, and he wants you to tell him thank you. Let go of your bitterness. Let go of your anger. Let go of whatever pride and, and hurt that you are holding on to and realize, but God loves me. That's what I tell the haters. When, when the haters mount up and and, and, and and try to try to drag me down, I let them all know, hey. Do what you want to do. God loves me anyhow. David said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) You don't understand how funny that is. Maybe you didn't have enemies. But when God sets a banquet table for me and all the haters have to watch it, listen, God didn't promise no enemies and he didn't promise no trouble. But he did say, I'll throw you a party in the middle of it and make them all watch it. I'm having a party every day telling God I love him, and I want you to get in on it. Get saved. Fall in love with Jesus. And tell him thank you every day. Let's pray. God, thank you for salvation. Thank you, God, for being so good to us. Thank you, God, for your word, for your spirit, for your son. Thank you, God, for this church. For each person, God, that you've brought to this church. Father, I pray you'd strengthen our love for you and our love for each other. We're not a perfect church and we're not perfect people, but you are a perfect God. And we choose you today. Thank you, God, for choosing us. Thank you for loving us when we were unlovable and continuing to love us when we don't deserve it. God, I pray that you would help us to love you more and help us to love each other more. God, I pray that you would bring such a strong spirit of oneness to this church, such a strong spirit of unity that the people around us would know that we are Christians by our love for you and for each other. God, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our love. Let the world know that you alone are God. We choose your way today, God, and we say thank you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.